Hello, and welcome to some Derps Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk a little bit about MMO longevity. But before we do that, Buddy, why don't you tell the folks at home what it is we do on this podcast? Well, it's pretty simple. On this podcast, we talk about games. And uh, MMOs have been on our minds. I'm obviously a pretty big WoW player. Mango has been deep in the Destiny 2 well ever since it swapped over to Steam. Um, or I guess even before it swapped over to Steam. Yeah, right? I, I took a break for the Season of Opulence, which was over the summer. But, like, <laughs> I was playing pretty hard uh, when Season of Drifter was around, which was uh, last. It was basically basically like three, three seasons a year. So it was like beginning of last year or beginning of mm-hmm. this year actually but you know same difference um uh and uh there's something so just to kind of introduce the topic this thing that hit me um is this is like the end of the third or fourth week since launch i i think it's it's launched on the second of october so it's probably the third week um and i am just about hitting i hit my 950 which is the the second soft power cap um, there's a little bit of upward momentum from here. There's some infinite grind things, but um, it what struck me is that like this is around the time when I am not necessarily going to fall off entirely, but I'm not going to be playing it as rapidly as I had before, and that fall off is a lot steeper than my previous experience with World of Warcraft. And one of the things that crystallizes for me is there's this thing. Uh, it's, a, it's a new twist on kind of the old Nightfall thing. It's called the Nightfall Nightfall Ordeal, which is basically it's a set it's a set uh, Nightfall, and there's like some set modifiers with it, um, and it's one of the new ways to get powerful gear. But it scales. Um, there's basically four points. There's one at like the intro level, uh, which I think is like 900. Um, there's the 920 level, which is kind of like the, the, the second level. It's also ma- it's the last matchmate level. The 950 is kind of like the core Nightfall experience level. And there's a master level at 980. And that's all fun stuff. I fully anticipate next week going and trying to do the uh, the, the highest level at some mm-hmm. point and doing that as kind of like a fun activity to do. But it's kind of one of those things where it's like I don't know how long that will hold me for. Like previously, Destiny Rates have only held me for like the week. Um and part of it is is that uh, like there's no kind of incrementality to it, right? Like there's the four increments, but like um, the biggest comparison I can give for the Nightfall is Mythic Plus. I think that's that's probably the best comparison, right? right. It's, it's uh, about the same number of people, and like it, it fills the same kind of niche in the MMO space um, as what I think raids compare relatively well to uh, to WoW raids, even though there's much less people. And I think the Nightfalls compare well to M+. And M+, kind of has this infinitely scaling element. Um, and I think that's a really good driver of kind of interest. Um, and then I started thinking about the other things that drive, like, kind of extended play with WoW. And that goes back to things we've talked about before, like, like uh, you know, 12 years of transmog and uh, other such stuff. So I thought it'd be an interesting thing to explore. Buddy, do you, do you have any initial thoughts on this? Yeah, I definitely do because um, I – Interestingly enough, I feel like because we're pre-BlizzCon, you know, BlizzCon is in two weeks, um, they just released a bunch of that 8.3 data that I've talked about over the past couple of, uh, of weeks, but like, you know, 8.2.5 was mostly a story patch that was like, 
wrapping up uh, the war when it came to Battle for Azeroth and kind of, like, advancing the narrative more than it was, like, there wasn't a new raid, there wasn't, you know, a new dungeon or anything kind of along those lines. A bunch of quality of life things came with that patch and everything like that. So we're kind of in a little bit of, like, a content drought when it comes to World of Warcraft, right? And I've been seeing a lot of, you know, my friends who are just kind of, like, raid-only players now, right? Like, they came back pretty big for 8.2, lots of new content to do, but, you know, they, like, slowly sort of fallen off but the thing is is that like wow still has a lot to offer people it's just it's it's a little more kind of um a la mode in a way uh like you just kind of uh on the you know like a little a little like oh maybe i'll do one mythic plus or like i'll do my raid for the week and it's small a little bit on the side in my kind of gaming diet if that makes sense um and uh the the pull of some of the bigger systems is abstracted away, it felt like, in in Destiny. Like, so, for instance, something that I've been doing pretty recently is I've been getting back into sort of, like, auction house maneuvering, right? Like, I, I leveled up a bunch of professions to pretty high level, and now I'm trading in those professions for materials and selling those materials on the auction house to get gold, right? And hypothetically, you know, I have 2.8 million gold right now, and if I get to 5 million gold, I can buy the Caravan Brutosaur mount from the, like, the the prestige mount vendor in, you know, in Zuldazar. Um, and, like, that <laughs> that is the kind of progression like that's the kind of goal that i don't think there's an equivalent for in destiny does that make sense yeah i mean there there are there are some kind of longer term things these are like the pinnacle weapons and like every once in a while you get a new exotic but i think it doesn't it doesn't kind of build as as uh like it, it's not as it's not as much of a driving force, right? I think mm-hmm. I think the thing that's maybe a little bit better from Save the Destiny point of view is that like I think I think that say like the activities themselves kind of drive a little bit like harder on their own means, right? Like if you're looking to just play Halo style multiplayer, you can just go play Crucible for a bit, which I like and while it has its its kind of equivalent in PvP and while I think Crucible's probably a a more a better driving force like that's a little bit that's a little bit of a stronger drive than the pvp and wow yeah i mean i kind of have a sense that like in a certain sense it's players who really enjoy that sort of like spf or fps content um and and gunplay you know what i mean like it is essentially the same sort of like overarching structure but applied instead of to sort of like an rpg player right to a shooter player um which i think is perfectly you know obviously fair and uh and valid but though it does sort of like raise a couple of questions from like a pure design capability like part of me wonders if the ability to do mythic plus um comes from a harder time on a design end getting the numbers correct in a way to create the the appropriate challenge for do you know what i mean like the 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 fundamentals of wow damage intake damage output and healing output i feel like are much simpler um than in 
Destiny, where it's so much about sort of like twitch precision and stuff like that, right? Like your ability to hit weak spots, you know, how you time your abilities, what abilities you're using, all of that other kind of um, how you're moving through the 3D space. Can you avoid enemy like incoming fire while still providing a decent density of your own fire, right? Like I feel like the, if, if I were to guess, a balance, you know, systems designer at Bungie has a tougher time making appropriately challenging content than a balance systems designer at blizzard yep i I think that maybe that's (laughs) i I think that like numbers right i think numbers wise it's maybe not so tough i just think like so uh, remind me because it's been a while mythic plus when when do you get new modifiers like the new kind of like uh like the the descriptors start there there are four total modifiers that you can get you start at mythic plus two um and you either get tyrannical or fortified. Tyrannical says bosses are about twice as hard. Fortified says mob packs are twenty percent more difficult. Right. So it's kind of like is the trash harder or are the bosses harder? Um, and then at four, seven, and ten, you get three individual uh, keystone uh, affixes. So, for instance, the keystone affixes this week are Sanguine. Sanguine says that when a mob dies, it leaves a pool of blood on the ground that just, like, you know, does uh, a bunch of damage to... um, does a bunch of damage to players who stand in them. Plus seven is Grievous. When somebody is injured below 90% health, they suffer damage over time effects. Um... And at plus 10, and the plus 10 is the season-wide affix. Uh, This season-wide affix is called Beguiling, and it just marks that um, Queen Azshara has mini-bosses spread throughout the dungeon um, to make it, you know, harder and and more difficult. Um, So there's definitely that. Some of those change week to week. The season affix doesn't. Um, But but otherwise, the Mythic Plus just goes up. I think it's like 8% damage and health for the enemy for the for the enemy mobs right um just every time you upgrade your, your key it's eight percent harder eight percent harder eight percent harder yeah so now that i think about it, i think so like um destiny has similar affixes right they there's various sundry like there's ones that are like enemy mobs do more melee damage or more vulnerable when you're in the air um uh one of the the more pernicious ones is you have to match your element to the enemy shield element or else it doesn't like vastly reduce damage um, but the thing is, is that there's no like fail state for the key, right? Like with, with mythic plus, right? Like you run it until you get it under the time. Um, and then the key advances for destiny. Um, the score is only important for like one for once you have to beat 100 K once. And that's pretty easy to do with, uh, at, at like the 950 level, right? Like it's not. It's not trivial, but it's not like like that's kind of like the level it's designed at, right? Like last week we were doing it at the lower level, and it required some tricks to kind of get the score up high enough. But like, there's no kind of, I guess, ratchet to, to, to ratchet. Like there's there's no goal to ratchet rather than a, uh, a like you like I think you could ratchet the light level up um, on its own, and that would be fine because I think the I think the light level does scale kind of pretty simply like that. Um, like you just like add 10 level, but there's, since it's not on a timer, it's, it's just kind of four score and then you get the rewards regardless. Um, I think that's part of it. And I think part of it too, is that like, 
there's not a, a hugely meaningful way to kind of like reward gear, right? Like your high your high mythic plus key gives you like better gear at the end of the week, right? Yeah, yeah. So what happens is uh, depending on the highest uh, key level you completed at the end of the week, you get one piece of gear from sort of like a like a, a cash um, that uh, that is very high high power right like so for instance last week my top key i think was a plus eight or a plus nine um and i got like 435 which is above heroic rating level gear um out of my mythic plus cash um and uh and so and then obviously like as you are completing the mythic dungeons themselves you are getting like the mythic plus dungeons you are getting like progressively better loot um like i think completing a plus eight gives you 425 gear so you know completing a plus eight is around heroic heroic level you know rating in terms of like gear level but it, it scales up and you'll see like in the in the dungeon pre-made finder people will be like recruiting for plus 18 you know plus 16 whatever which is like essentially mythic rating level uh gear yeah, I, I, I think I think that's part of it too is like it's easier to kind of hit the near cap in Destiny, right? Like you've like what is is there a theoretical hard cap in 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 uh in WoW? Uh you know, the theoretical hard cap is probably like 20 or 25 or something like that in the sense that like um it's just becomes really tough to complete Sorry, at, I, after a certain point I mean for for eye oh, level, for eye level? Yeah, yeah. So for eye level, there is a hard cap. Um, I think the hard cap right now is like so it's four thirty, four forty five, and I think you can tighten forge up so it's four like sixty or something like that. No, I think it might be four forty five, um, which would be mythic rating, right? Like that is the that is the the hard cap on eye levels. You can upgrade things a little bit in the in in some senses. Um, you can get like uh, prismatic gem slots, for instance, in gear. So like it's tough to fill out your best in slot list. Um, but otherwise, you know, you just, um, uh, you can keep going up. But the thing is, is that, like, people have completed very high-level keys just by, like, being good, right? Like, they're all tricked out at max eye level, but they just keep pushing the key up and up and up and up and up kind of thing. Sure, and and, and this is this is, this is is less about, like, how it works and more just kind of, like, about the reward structure. Like, what, what eye level are you right now? I am, that's a good question. I think I'm, like, four... 33 no that sounds wrong maybe i'm like four i'm like around 430 right we're doing mythic raids for sure or, or sorry we're doing heroic raids for sure um and i've been playing uh you know doing like mythics and stuff pretty hard but otherwise uh you know like i'm not i'm not doing anything kind of like above and beyond and crazy and and how long have you been playing for uh for this uh i mean it's been Maybe four months since the release of Azshara, uh, and 8.2, which is, like, the big kind of reset and spike on top of it, so, yeah. Okay, yeah, so, like, and, 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 like, I feel like it took you longer to get there, like, like I said, I have hit, so, just for people at home that don't know, Destiny 2, you start at, um, 7.50, and then you'll constantly get upgrades until you hit 900, and then only powerful gear drops will give you improvements until you hit 950 and then past that you can do pinnacle gear drops to slowly upgrade to 960 it takes forever because there's only four drops and it only ever gives you one light level um and so i hit nine uh i hit 950 this week um i'm slowly starting that climb up to 950 okay, yeah that's interesting i mean yeah. you know either you are 
uh, incredibly proficient at Destiny, or like maybe that suggests that the WoW difficulty curve is harder. Like everything is tuned to sort of like an extra. Yeah, I, I think I think maybe it's not. I think it's maybe gear availability, right? Like, I think so. I played pretty in, like I've got sixty some odd hours at this point in Destiny, and that's over the past three weeks. So you know, it's not not like insane. I have sixty nine hours, and so that's 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 not insane, but that's that's a lot of time. But I've been kind of consistently doing every piece of powerful gear for the past three weeks to get my light level up, um, and. Uh, I think maybe that it's designed so that like a more casual player will eventually get there and they don't need to do that every week, right? Like, you know, if you don't like doing, you know, PVE generally content, you can just play Crucible and it'll take you a while, but you can get a couple of pieces of power. Yeah. You'll eventually get get there. there. Yeah. Um, And yeah, uh, see, there is a bit of that when it comes to like, wow. So for instance, if a new, (coughs) if you were to come back to the game and say, I don't want to play Billabong anymore. And you can buy a boost to 110 and level somebody up to 120 or whatever. um, I think most content starts in like the 330, maybe 350 range in terms of like world quests and stuff like that. So there's like, there's a certain amount of ladder that one would need to like if everybody were to quit destiny and everybody were to come play wow it's not like we could raid off the bat um because people would need to like as your light level or i'm sorry as your eye level increases the value of your um of like your rewards gets higher and eventually it gets up to 415 for the major ones 385 for the kind of like basic farmable ones right so it's pretty easy pretty straightforward to get to 385 and then it becomes a little bit more of a grind to kind of go farther um and go past that 385 is sort of like the gateway to most bottom barrel you know like serious content it's the gate it's 385 would be like normal rating um or like low level mythic plus that you are starting to kind of like push and farm and stuff like that. Um, but I, the, but there is a sort of interesting kind of like desire to clear every piece of powerful loot in a way. Cause that's actually something that would be very tough to do in world of Warcraft, right? Like you would need to do, you know, you need to do a bunch of PVP content to max out your conquest for the week. Conquest will drop a, a powerful piece of gear for you. Um, depending on like your eye level and stuff like that, if you if you fill out that bar just by like farming battlegrounds, um, you would have to like push a very high mythic plus key. You know what I mean? You would have to clear like heroic Nazjatar, maybe start working on like mythic Nazjatar. Like it, it would be a very small number of people that are consistently clearing mythic uh, the Eternal Palace, right, and getting that top top level you know, gear, right? Like, it was just a couple of... I think it was just this week, actually, that uh, that 100 guilds killed Azshara in Mythic Difficulty, which is the requirement for um, Mythic to go cross-server, right? You need to kill Azshara... Uh, or, I'm sorry, 100 different guilds, which, you know, each of those raids is uh, 20 people, so 2,000 people um, need to kill Mythic Azshara before, you know, before you can... Uh, before it just like opens up or whatever to sort of like the, everybody to can to come make big cross cross realm groups doing it or whatever, but like the idea that after four months only two thousand people have killed 
have like completed the mythic raid seems like a much smaller percentage uh, of the player base than the player base that's like hitting 950 does it make sense yeah yeah i think part of that too is like i haven't done the raid which is like the the big pinnacle activity but you don't need that to kind of push that higher eye level right like i've been doing everything but the raid just because we don't have as it stands enough people to really do the raid um uh We've been having raid scheduling problems, which I'm sure you can relate to, and you don't even, you know, uh, different yeah, than I mean, the show. Our raid has been off for three or four weeks just because of scheduling toughness mm-hmm. with everybody, you know? Um, yeah, but, like, everything else I do can push towards that, right? Like, this week was Iron Banner, which has some extra pinnacle gear, to be fair. So I've been I've been pushing that, but, like, um, and it's still fun, right? Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, like, going to stop playing the game, but, I, but like, like, right somewhere on Saturday, I was, like, I don't need to kind of like hit this as hard as I've been hitting it um, for the past, you know, three or four weeks. I don't need to be coming home every day and just like rapidly going through it. Um, uh, and like, yeah. I'll keep playing so long as other people keep playing. But this this is also around the time when it's like, uh, you know, maybe maybe this is when I check out for a little while, at least until like the next season or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, I definitely, I definitely feel that. And there are rewards for me to get, right? Like, I'm level 60-ish out of 100 on the season pass. So, um, which, come to think of it, there's, like, 90 days in a season and there's 20 days, to 23 or 4 days down, I guess, at this point. Uh, so, I guess I'm probably going to burn through that long before it uh, long before it ends, uh, too. <laughs> but I think that that's probably okay, right? Like... You want the moderate player to be able to finish the 100, to like, to, to like push a little bit and be able to hit that 100 by the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So I don't think that's the end of the world. Yeah. Well, uh, so the interesting thing to me is like, what is it um, that, uh, that that players can kind of strive for that's not – like, so for instance, okay, so something else that I've been doing um, – like, I've been dabbling more in Mythic Plus recently. Right. Um, just sort like somewhere along the lines, I just kind of was like, I should try out a, like a high level key, and I was like, oh god, man, this is really fun. Um, so I've been doing it more commonly than I had for a long time. Like for most of you know, like eight point one, you know, I just like wasn't really touching Mythic Plus. Um, part of it is they made some changes to the system that I like quite a bit, but you know, um, the but the other thing that I've been doing is like achievement farming a little bit right, like right. there are two big capstone achievements to mechagon and nazjatar that reward mounts right where it's essentially kind of just like do a bunch of cool stuff right in mechagon and nazjatar like kill all of the rares in the zone right find all of the treasure chests in the zone or whatever like find these little you know like the, in nazjatar there are these little tiny cat figurines that you'll sometimes just come across you have to get 10 of them or something right and that's something that you can just kind of like log in um, and put your progress into right, and that you know, and the reward is a crab mount, and it's like a unique mount, and it walks sideways, which is great. Um, but uh, but like the the, I'm trying to think like what would the Destiny version of something like that being right, like doing a big giant meta achievement in order to get a new unique mount? Like, could you do something like that for like arrows okay. or starships so, or something? Do so- people do stuff like that? So here's the thing, and this is this is going to get into kind of like maybe some problems that people have with Destiny. the The answer for that is they were they were previously called Pinnacle um, activities. They're called something else now. I can't remember which, but essentially they're these big kind of meta achievements that um, for like usually one for Gambit, one for for Crucible, and one for uh, Vanguard, and they were they give you a unique gun. 
Um, they're not quite exotics. They are they are legendaries with like a unique affix on them. They're not quite as good as exotics, but you can use them in tandem, right? Um, and you can keep the ones from the previous seasons, right? So I'm, so I, I'm still working on my, say, my Roderick's Broadsword, I think is what it's called. Um, and that's like, that's from like, I think year one. Um, and that's just a bunch of PvP stuff. The PvP one's typically harder because they require you to do the ranked. Um, although they've made ranked easier this year, but that's, that's beside the point. The thing is, is that the cosmetic stuff is now like almost entirely in Eververse and this is aggravating a lot of people. Um, Eververse Ooh. being the microtransaction stuff, right? Yeah, right, right. Um, I mean, there's some, there's some different balances here, right? Cause like the game's free to play now, right? And like the, ex- like how much the expansion gets you and how much the season pass gets you and, um, how much, uh, is an Eververse is a thing that you can discuss, but like a lot of the cosmetic stuff, like I, I think they've they have said that like almost all of the cosmetic stuff lives in Eververse at this point, or in like one of the the other things. And I, part of the problem there is that like there's no kind of accomplishment to it, even if it's in the season pass, which some of it is, right? Like that's still just kind of like, well, you played for a while, right? Like it's there's no like you know I bothered to go do this thing. It's just I, I played a bunch. Yeah, like it go. takes at minimum 90 days to do the Nazjatar meta achievement. Because something that you have to – so something that is true of Nazjatar is, like, you get a bodyguard or whatever. Um, there are three bodyguards to choose from, and every day you can go to your bodyguard, choose one of the three, um, and it'll be locked for the rest of that day. But they'll give you a couple – they'll give you three daily quests, right? And if you complete their three daily quests – uh, they will level up, and they each can level up 30 times, right? So, you know, and it's not like, the, you know, it's like 10 minutes or something like that, but, like, it is 10 minutes every day for three months. You go, you do these daily quests or whatever, um, and you have to get all three of your bodyguards to max level uh, before you can get the meta achievement. So, like, that's, like, a real, you know, like, that's a real, like, commitment, right? Um, yeah. That, like, the casual haphazard player is not going to get. Um, there's another version of this, which is called, like, Mardavius's, um Laboratory, which is, like, a weekly thing. Something that you can find in Nazchar are these little arcane reagents, um, and it's, like, you know, sediment. It's like arc. It's like arcane earth, arcane water, arcane fire, or whatever, right? And then you go to this guy's laboratory, this like dead night elf or whatever, and you can combine the earth and the water, right? Or the water and then the earth, and create these elemental sort of like amalgamations or whatever, which are these like solo encounter boss fights that are actually pretty tough, to be honest with you. Um, kind of like Mage Tower. Yeah, the kind of like it's easier than Mage Tower, but like akin to Mage Tower in a way. Right, right. But the thing is that each different combination, which is sequence dependent, creates its own individual boss, right? And you can only do one boss each week, and you have to go through each and every one of the bosses in order to get the meta achievement, which is like at least like I don't even know, 13 weeks. There's three There's three reagents. You can also double up the reagents. Like, if you do Earth, Earth, that's a, That's its own. Um, <coughs> so doing, like, Earth, Water, and then Water, Earth will get you two different ones. And then Earth, Earth will get you a different one. So I have no idea how many different bosses there are. I just kind of show up each week, and I see which combinations I haven't done yet, and I do them or whatever, right? Um, but so, like, there's a lot of stuff like that that is, like, you know – 
dedication stuff like the rares um the rares are pretty truly rare in nazjatar like in the rest of the in the rest of the world it's kind of easy to fill out your adventurer um of like azeroth or whatever achievement because like the rares are up and they will respawn within you know 20 30 minutes sort of thing um especially quickly if they're part of a world quest uh, so they pulled rares off of the world quest lists for Nazjatar and just kind of gave them weird spawn timers. Some of them spawn under some conditions. Some of them have a shared spawn timer. Like there are three Hydras and one will spawn every couple of hours and you don't know which one. And I've only killed one of them. I have to like just check in every once in a while to see if I can kill the other two. A couple of them have like really sort of like esoteric, uh, uh, Spawn requirements. Yeah, like, so there's one in Mechagon, which is a robot, right? But um, you need to, but it's a robot that is exploded, right? And so all across the island, you'll see little bits and pieces of this robot. And you can click the, the piece, and it'll sort of, like, hop away or whatever, kind of like the Iron Giant at the end of that movie or something like that. Spoilers for the Iron Giant. Um, and eventually, if you click enough pieces, the robot will spawn... And you can and like and you can kill him or whatever, right? But like, it's just it's tough to get that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It's it's completely it's completely random um, and out of the place. And so, uh, you know, there is if you are if you are a, like a dedicated but casual player, right? You don't have to be high eye level to do any of this stuff, right? You right, can be right. Sort of three eighty five, right? Like I complete the Mardali the Mardavius achievements. Um, on my alts just because like the Marjavius monsters on my alts uh, just because they also have a chance to drop good gear um, so it's not like they're incredibly like difficult things to do but you also need like dedication in order to in order to do them so like getting a, getting you know if I had the, the plus 15 mythic plus achievement for instance um, that's a signal that I am an incredibly high skill player, whereas if I have the you know the Nazjatar achievement, that's that's an indication that I'm like an, an, an incredibly like determined player. Does that make sense? Yeah. No. I, and, and I'm the thing that's kind of been echoing around in my mind is I wonder how much of this is explicitly because of monetization model, right? Like these kind of long term projects. And wow, like if you're going to be as cynical as possible about it, are things to keep your fifteen dollar a month subscription subscribed. Right, you you know, if you have to play ninety days to get the thing you want, that's what like six, yeah, that's 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 six months worth of subscription. Um, whereas Destiny doesn't have that model, right? Destiny has, um, uh, wait, no, fifteen. That's not. It six, would be three months, but three months, yeah. three. It's three months. It's it's it's. Uh, I don't know. I did them. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. But whatever. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's three months worth of subscription, right? Like for for Destiny, you don't have that fifteen dollars a month um, uh, subscription plan. It's all kind of like the season passes or whatever, um, and kind of. It's funny. It's funny to think about it this way, but like your fifteen dollars a month is to give you the opportunity to get those um, those cosmetics essentially right like a lot of this, this mm. stuff sounds like cosmetic stuff whereas you just kind of buy them outright in destiny i guess which like kind of from like a ten thousand foot view right like i feel like that's actually like better in some way right like i'd rather just pay the money and have it rather than have to like like indirectly pay for 
uh, for three months of a, of a membership, but like kind of in the gritty grit of it, right? Like you actually have to, to go do something and there's actually a level of accomplishment and kind of like the, the subscriptions besides the point, right? Like the, the subscriptions kind of just the background key to access. So it doesn't get figured in psychologically the same way, I, I, I guess. Yeah, and, and to be – and like, okay, so I also think that there's something to the, like, the doing of the work, if that makes sense, right? Right, like, yeah, yeah. You know, it, by just purchasing it, you know what I mean? Like, it kind of robs the, like – so if so if we do want to take a sort of cynical view of, like, what video games are – and you come home from a day at work and you just kind of want to, like, relax and do something mindless. In a certain sense, video games are, like, elaborate fidget spinners, right? Right. Like something to occupy your time in, in, a, in a sort of way that, it like, it just feel that just, like, feels gratifying or whatever, right? Right, right. By giving you the goals to achieve, like, there's just something a little bit different about, like, I'm playing World of Warcraft because I want to play World of Warcraft, right? Like, I'm not playing World of Warcraft so that I can buy the, you know, like, to, to like, to buy the thing, if that makes sense. Like, so, for instance, something that happened to me the other day, and this is a true, this is an absolutely true story. Um, a new piece of profession, or a new piece of thing, uh, equipment came out called mountain equipment, right? Um, there used to be some mounts that had special properties, like, so for instance, the water strider is the very famous one. Uh, the water striders can run over the top of water without sinking below the surface, which is really, really, really useful, right? Uh, it has for a long time been a sort of problem that the WoW team has always kind of wanted to quote-unquote fix, but they also don't want to, like, rob people of, you know, having, I, having I, put the grind in to get the I water think strider. I think I t- spent, like, 90 days getting that water strider. It was fishing, so yeah, of course no, I had it, to get it, it yeah. It takes a while to get it, right? But, like, it's a it's a really useful thing. And it, and the Water Strider was added in Mists of Pandaria, right? So, like, the Water Strider yeah. was added in, like, whatever, 2014. Um, and so for five years, it has been this kind of, like, benchmark mount that is really useful for, like, high-dedication players uh, to get. And so what they decided to do is they stripped the water walking off the Water Strider, but they created a slot for what's called mount equipment, right? Which is just something that you can put on your mount to make it function a little bit different. Um, So they created inflatable mount shoes, which is just the water strider effect. But you can apply that to any mount you want now. Um, And they also did stuff like, you know, you can't be dazed. Uh, So if you're, like, running through a big field of mobs, typically when you get dazed, you get dismounted. You can't be dazed anymore. Um, There's another one uh, that, like, you jump off of something high, and instead of dying, it'll pop a parachute for you. Right? So um, so I really wanted that daze uh, mount equipment, right? And only leather workers can make it. And I didn't have a leather worker at max level, but I did have a leather worker who was close to max level because in Legion I had leveled a leather worker up. And uh, and I went to look at the auction house, and on the auction house, one of the mount equipment was forty thousand gold. And I said, "Oh, forty thousand gold! I, that's outrageous! I can obviously, you know, make this myself. I don't need to, you know, like I don't need to worry about f- buying this shit off the auction house." The process of me making it myself was leveling my alternate character to 120, gearing them up so that they could go to Nazjatar to to then get the max level uh, uh, 
leatherworking recipe, leveling up their leatherworking to max level so that I could make the recipe. And so, like, three weeks after I was like, I'm going to do this thing, I had successfully done the thing. I had gotten my, my leatherworker up there. He was powerful enough to make the thing. He made the thing. I sent it to my main. Mission accomplished. But it's also like, if you look on it, I spent, like, 10 to 20 hours putting the time and effort into getting that leather worker up to a, you know, like up to a level where he could successfully make that mount equipment for someone. And I realized like, honestly, was that 10 to 20 hours worth my 40,000 gold, right? Like 40,000 gold is about five bucks, right? Right now, a wow token is about two, 200,000. Um, so 40,000 gold would be less than that four bucks, right? <coughs> so it's like, I spent 20 hours on something rather than pay $4 on something. But also at the same time, you know, I play WoW to give me tasks to accomplish those tasks because accomplishing tasks feels good, right? So maybe that isn't so crazy. Um, and that's kind of a little bit of what, like, the Nazichar achievement sort of looks like, right? Like, yeah, it's a mount and you have 300 other mounts or whatever the, you know, whatever the number is, right? But that's a cool mount that not a lot of people have and maybe putting the time into going and getting it is worth it. Yeah, no, I, I think I absolutely agree with you on that. I, I like, uh, and like, and you could, you could do the same thing for, um, so it's for something fungible, like, like that Mount piece, right? Like, you know, I think it's a little bit different, right? Like you can, you can go grind extra bounties to get bright dust to purchase some, but not all the cosmetic stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but like for those kind of like I'm gonna call them pinnacle type things, right? Like like that crap mount, right? Like that's a thing that's like a, a an accomplishment, right? Like you can be like, look, I did this thing. It's very cool. I have this. I have this very cool mount that I that I dedicated myself to. Um, that you just kind of don't. You, that's impossible to do now in Destiny. That I think um, falls off, makes it fall kind of off the cliff a little bit. Um, yeah, for uh, sure. Um, uh, although I, I do have to say the first thing that popped into my head um, when you when you said when you went through things, you, you sound kind of like like a dad, right? Like, oh, this is this is ridiculous. I don't just spend twenty dollars on a cat scratching post. I can make one myself, and you just like go buy like a two by four and like staple a carpet to it. It's like, see, it's just as good as the as the as the you know the commercial one. <laughs> I mean, that's something that I've that I've spent a lot of time doing when it comes to yeah. uh, like World of Warcraft. Like at this point, I have a max level jewel crafter, a max level enchanter, right? Um, a max level alchemist, all so that I don't have to go to the auction house and buy raiding flasks or enchants for my gear or gems or whatever, right? I just have that stuff on hand, and it's also useful because it means that I can like more thoroughly spread myself on the auction house. I have a like a dedicated bank alt who basically just sits at the auction house, and so it's like, well, I can just farm like one day. I need a haste gem. Well, why don't I sit on my jewel crafter for a while, farm up a bunch of gems, make the one haste gem I need now, send that to my main, send the rest to my bank alt, and put that stuff on the auction house and slowly kind of, like, sell it down um, in order to, like, make gold. And, right, like, and that gold is only really valuable. Like, this was something that hit me in Legion because I was making gold very efficiently, but I didn't have anything to really spend it on. Um, there was the spider mount, but I didn't really want the spider mount. Um, 
but now that there is the Brutosaur mount, and I desperately want that fucking Brutosaur mango. There's like some. There's always that reason for me to look at a forty thousand gold price tag on the auction house and go, ah, I'll make it myself, right? Like because yeah, I want to yeah. keep that forty thousand gold to my like to myself so that I can finally like afford this thing. Um, so, but <laughs> like, does does the does the fact that the two point five million gold mount that somebody could just basically outright buy that, right? It's not actually gated behind any. Any sort of like achievement? Oh barrier. yeah, you know, if you wanted to, you could um, you could spend. Uh, well, you know, I, I I don't actually know what the wow token is right now, but uh, well, it's I'm, around two hundred, right? Which means that you it's five million total. So, so that's that you like fifteen ish to, tokens. Yeah, twenty five tokens in order to get it. Each token is twenty bucks, so five hundred bucks. Do you want to spend five hundred bucks on? The wait, wait, how do you, how do you get twenty five tokens if it's two hundred thousand a piece? I thought it was two point five million, or is it five million? It's five. The the Brutosaur is five million. Okay, okay, okay. That's, yeah, that's yeah. All right. So yeah. So that's t- the the Spider Mount was two million. Uh, ah. is two million. The Spider Mount's still in the game, obviously. Um, so twenty five times times. Oh, and there's a premium on it. It's not just another month. So, uh, it's twenty. Yeah. So that's that's yeah. uh, five hundred dollars for the mount. Yeah. I, I guess like- if. You- I guess if you make it stupid expensive enough, the, the chance that somebody outright buys it is so low that you can just be like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Fuck it. The other thing is that, like, the WoW like the wow gold to sort of, like, fungibility equation isn't quite, like, one-to-one in that way. So, for instance, when I bought Destiny 2 on Battle.net, um, I bought it with, uh, with WoW gold, right? I sold gold to Blizzard, essentially, and they gave me Battle.net like blizz bucks or whatever but they only pay out 15 dollars of blizz bucks for every token that you sell to them and those tokens are worth 20 bucks if i go and buy a token it's 20 dollars right so like there's a there's kind of like an inherent sort of like inertia to being able to freely swap gold for money um uh and like you can do stuff like buy wow time right but again wow time is 15 bucks less if you know you're doing like i'm on the six month plan or whatever that's like 12 bucks or whatever because they give you a discount if you just sign up in in big six month chunks um (coughs) and so like there's 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 a certain kind of like gateway that keeps people you know from one end to the other but it also you know on the on the flip side it makes wow free to play right like i have friends who just buy a token um, and like they play the auction house and they make money and they work on, you know, their, their stuff so that they can sell tokens to Blizzard to keep their wow sub up essentially. Um, and I think in a way that's actually kind of the preferable version of going quote unquote free to play, right? Like if you play enough, you eventually earn free to play status, um, which is kind of like the back it's it's kind of like the flip side of doing something like the destiny does right where you are it is a free-to-play game but there's like a heavy microtransaction uh yeah destiny's tough too because it was never it was never subscription right it was always like buy to play ish or it was always buy to play and now it's buy to play ish because like the latest like the free-to-play stuff is like substantial because it also comes with a battle pass yeah, and you you still have to pay for like the expansion to get like certain pieces of of stuff. So you know this, this is the yeah, thing yeah. that people that the, that the you know the the angry members of the community are getting angry about. It's like you know we have to you, we have to buy the expansion 
and the season pass for each season. And there's microtransactions on top of this. Like, what the fuck, Bungie? Right? Like, um, I mean, in a way, that's the mirror of. Do you remember? Do you remember when I was describing the outrage um, about the shop mount after they released eight point yeah. two? They put a mount in the shop, um, and they and if you have a six month subscription, you get that mount for free, right? Right. Um, and people were really pissed about it. They were really, really angry about it because they were like, "Look, Blizzard, you know, fucking, we pay fifteen bucks a month." And now you're, you're releasing stuff that's exclusive to the shop. Like, ah, rah, 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 what the fuck? I mean, like, my, my position at the time and my position now. At, at the time, that felt very foolish because they had just released 8.2, which has tons and tons of mounts to earn, right? And so at an exchange rate of one shop mount for 30 earned mounts, I think that's pretty reasonable. Um, but, uh, but like, it is the, like that line has to be drawn somewhere, right? Yeah. Because if it's 30 shop mounts to one earned mount, I would absolutely call that outrageous in a game that has a $15 subscription. Um, so. and, I, and I think part of it, too, is like, like the, 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 the earnable mounts have like signaling value, right? Like, the, like, you know, I am, I'm just dedicated to the game, right? Um, whereas, uh, in Destiny, the amount you can get out of like engrams or whatever, all kind of randomized. You have the same approximate chance to get any of them as any of the other ones. Um, and so, and you can't get the newest ones, but that just kind of like, all you know about somebody who has a cool mount is that like, they either got lucky or they paid for it, which is like, not like, it's like whatever. Right. And there, there's some other problems there too. Like, um, like I have a mount that like instantly summons, and that's just so much far and better. It's a sparrow, not a mount, but that's just so far and above and beyond anything else that I could have on a mount. That's the only one I use, even though I like the other. The other ones look better, so. Um, but that's just kind of like a, a ticky tacky thing that I think that's wrong with with the way Destiny does it. But like, I think the fact that it's missing any real kind of like accomplishment based cosmetics. Is, is is I think uh, a big mistake on Destiny's part. It, it like takes away a thing to drive for, right? Like, um, and the thing with the guns is like I'm driving for some of the guns and they're cool, but like I'm not always going to want to use the guns, right? There's no guarantee that the gun's going to be any good, right? Like before anybody gets it or like after you know like they might nerf it at some point, right? Like right now the the one of the pinnacle ones is supposed to be broken in a way that people expect it to be nerfed at some point, right? Like, it's like, uh, it's, what, do you, what do you, you know? Um, and you also can't always use them, right? Like, if if I want to, like, loudly proclaim that I, like, I am dedicated to Nash Jachar, I can, like, use my, my, my crab mount wherever, and I don't have to worry about, like, you know, it taking up a slot, right, other than the mount slot, and that's something, some other accomplishment I want to display, or some other cool mount that I have that I want to display. Whereas in, in Destiny... Right, like all of these kind of like cool, uh, like cool. I got this cool thing type, um, bits are all like they take up slots, right? So like, if I happen to get a better, uh, say gun from a different activity, I can't be like, oh well, you know, I ran Iron Banner a thousand times until I got a God Roll on my on my, uh, you know, Wizened Rebuke, Wizard's Rebuke, something like that. It's a fusion rifle, but the, the point being that like. Um, one, they're not super distinct, right? So like, like it's, you know, I could have gotten that on my first try, uh, two, um, they're, uh, and, and two, they're not like, uh, they're not like permanently displayable in a way. Um, there's some titles, which I guess is the thing that's supposed to be, but the titles are like so far out there and that, uh, 
that maybe they're a little bit too far. Like it's, it's, it's very hard to get to, I think. Um, yeah, I think honestly, a lot of what I'm hearing when we compare the two systems is that like, WoW has a better sort of like incrementation ladder of this stuff. Yeah. Right? Cause there is a lot of stuff that like I, as a, like I'm a dedicated player, but I'm not like a dedicated mythic raider, obviously. Right. And there's a lot of stuff that I don't have access to. Right. Like for instance, if you defeat, you know, Jaina or whatever, um, she will drop a, on Mythic difficulty, she will drop a mount every time. She drops a mount, right? And there are people that have that mount, and you'll see them in game, and you go, oh, wow, right? Like, that guy was part of a Mythic Jaina kill. He had to be there in order to have a, uh, access to that mount sort of thing. And only one of the 20 people in the Mythic raid are going to get that mount, so it's, like, you know, extra prestigious in a way. Um, that's something that I don't have any access to, right? Because I'm not a Mythic raider, and I don't have any plans of being a Mythic raider anytime soon, right? But I do have access to the Crab Mount, for instance, um, which, because it's measured more, it's measured less in kind of, like, the hardcore dedication to raid skill and more in the, you know, like, the consistency um, and the determination that you show towards completing Nagitar content. Um, but then there's also plenty of stuff that I have that is like unattainable for more casual players right like if you are a true true casual player right it might be hard for you to have an achievement like um the crab mount because like that's just not something like you just don't play the game enough to get there uh and so like there's a sort of stepping stone level, but there's still stuff you can get along the way, yeah. right? Like, so for instance, if you level up one of your companions to level 20, you'll also get a mount. You'll get a unique mount um, of just like an underwater, you know, like lizard thing or whatever. And so it's like, well, if I want, if I want the the mythic mount, I can do the mythic thing. If I want the crab mount, I can do the crab thing. If I want just that bodyguard mount, I can do that bodyguard thing. And those target. And kind of, like, hit different levels of player. And, like, I, I already have that that lizard mount because, like, I'm going for the crab mount. You get it along the way sort of thing. Um, and in, in the same sort of sense, right, like, I have a bunch of the transmog out of Uldir and out of Battle for Dazara lore and out of uh, uh, Eternal Palace just because, like, I'm in a, a raiding guild. But there are plenty of people who aren't in raiding guilds and, and instead they're getting, you know... LFR level gear or whatever it is sort of thing. Um, and so it doesn't sound like in Destiny there is that same kind of incrementation where kind of like every sort of, uh, maybe not every, but like chunks of the player base have things that they can earn that, they, that they'd like to earn. So does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I, I, think, <laughs> I think that some of that is true. I think, I think it's just... I think the things that you that um, like that that would chunk you out are like a little bit too easy. So like, like you don't have to be that hardcore to kind of get most, if not all of them, which I think is the problem. Um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, yeah, and I also think that there's a different way that you like specialize, right? Like the the mythic Jane amount is so. For instance, for island expeditions. Um, which are, you know, just another expansion feature or whatever. There's also an albatross mount that comes with that, which at the end of every island, you get a certain amount of currency, you know, kind of between like five and like 25 doubloons or whatever for a thousand doubloons, which is a ton. Um, I have been doing islands most of the expansion um, and I still haven't earned my albatross. Um, 
somebody flying around on the Albatross Mountains, like, oh, that's a really dedicated Islands player, right? right. Somebody running around on the Gladiator Mounts, uh, which are if you if you play rated arena and you get above two thousand rating, um, you get you get a special mount for that season or whatever. And it's like, oh, well, that you know, like that is a really dedicated arena player, right? Or rated battleground player, right? Um, if you you know. If you get the Mythic Jane amount, that's a really dedicated raider, um, and so there's also like a certain fragmentation in what you wanna you know, like what you wanna focus on. Like something that I've there are there are there are raiding guilds, right? But now there are also Mythic Plus guilds, which are guilds of people who aren't really interested in raiding but are very interested in pushing Mythic Plus keys, and like that's a whole different sort of like content track that's entirely parallel to you know like the already existing track um not to mention by the way there are plenty of other sort of things to earn that are you know like just like random right like the islands have a ton of random like mounts and transmogable pieces um something that they did with the islands that was kind of neat was they went and did like recolors um of different like weapons and armor sets and stuff like that and at the end of an island you have a chance to get that stuff and um and so, like, if you wanted, you could become, like, a really dedicated Islands player to try and, like, fill out, like, all of those transmog pieces or whatever else. Um, and then there's also just, like, random, you know, like, drops, like, with the Warfronts in Darkshore and Arathi Foothills. Um, the – or Arathi Highlands, rather. Um, there are a bunch of rares that have uh, that have a chance to drop mounts. But those rares are on essentially really long loot timers because you can only loot them once every sort of like three weeks. So if you're a dedicated player, you can run through and do all of those rares and get and pick up all of those mounts or whatever, right? But like, you know, it, do, it doesn't sound to me like there is a... I guess it doesn't sound to me like there is, there's an equivalent sort of thing that, that comes from Destiny, right? Like, is there something that you would, you would go back to and farm every day because there is a low drop chance, high impact item that you really want from that thing? Um, high impact, not. There's, there's a couple things tied to, the, um, to some of the, the titles that are like based on like getting all the cosmetics out of the older stuff, which used to drop cosmetics. Um, that are that are kind of notorious because they had low drop rates, and you just kind of had to like try one so we can. If you missed it, um, you wouldn't get the like. What was I think pretty good about like the things that are random aren't tied to like getting achievements, and you know those achievements are the things that kind of get you like like titles, right? Like, um, like like while well, you're you're never going to get screwed by RNG to get a title generally, or at least not in like a very time limited way, if that makes sense, right? Like, um. You're never going to, like, for 13 weeks try and get the same Sparrow and not get it, and that's keeping you from getting the title. Um, there are titles to get, um, but one, they're kind of, like, not super flashy, and two, they're, like, they're kind of, like, I think the, those are, like, the best analog, but I don't think they're, like, good enough, if that makes sense, uh, to, 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 to really make up the difference or really be, th be a thing that somebody would, would want to push for. Also, they're kind of like very generalized, right? Like it's like, Oh, you're there's, there's like the PVP one and the gambit one and the, and the lore one. And those are all, and those are all neat, but like, I don't know if they're, if they're flashy enough to really be like, uh, like they're, they're, the title isn't as part as much a part of kind of like your, yourself. I think, I think part of that is that like, 
I think Destiny just kind of fails at like a social level, honestly, right? Like you don't see other players that often. And when you do, like, it's not like I'm wandering around the tower and like looking at people for the like mm. cool outfits or whatever. You just, there's just not as much of that sense of, of, uh, uh, of character there, I guess. Um, which is kind of an interesting problem in its own right, but I don't, I don't think. You know, that... So something that I found really interesting is, uh, is a YouTuber named Dan Olson, who I've talked about a couple of times. He basically, he made a big video about World of Warcraft, like WoW retail essentially versus WoW Classic, kind of talking a lot about what WoW Classic is sort of doing and means. And I found it a very fair video um, that kind of took the good with the bad in a way. Um, and he highlighted some great stuff about WoW Classic that I hadn't really thought of, but also like brought up some stuff that I also hadn't really thought of uh, that is detrimental to it. But something that he sort of mentioned, I don't even think in the video, I think in like a Twitter thread after the video came out or something, was how MM, other MMOs have essentially turned into lobby games because of the influence of World of Warcraft, right? Like as soon as World of Warcraft introduced the looking for group tool and LFR, it sort of broke down the internal structure uh, and necessary social society of a server in and of itself because it was so easy to col to essentially effortlessly collaborate with people across servers. Um, and it made the game a game where you sit in... Uh, like you sit in Dazar lore, or well, I mean, at the time or whatever, you'd sit in like in your in you your know, uh, in your garrison, for instance, yeah, yeah. Uh, and just queue into stuff. And so, essentially, that's the tower, right? That's the tower, and then queuing to strikes or whatever. <coughs> uh, so, really so, like... so it's one worse than that. You sit in <laughs> orbit, which doesn't even have any other players, right? Like, at least if you were sitting in the tower, you'd see other people. <laughs> In in you 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 go to orbit and you go and you you search from oh, there. Oh yeah so you... yeah yeah you're right you're right that is yeah, <laughs> um, and and I and, and so and I think that it's true, but I also think WoW has been fighting against that. Like the world quests are the quintessential example of that not being the case in a way, right? It gives you something to go out in the world and do. And then other stuff, you know, like, obviously, if you need to farm anchor weed, you need to go out into the world. If you want to, you know, kill, kill rares for your Nazjatar team, you need to go out in the world. I think that, you know, like, there's a, a mix of it. But other MMOs have turned into these, like, true blue lobby games, right? Um, and other games with, like, MMO sort of stylization, right? Like, Diablo might be a good example of this. Also have that exact same kind of, like, functionality where, like... You are swapping into other, you know, like swapping into other experience experiences rather than anything else, and 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 I think you know that is a it's like an interesting sort of like observation. To what extent is the open world necessary when you can just like queue into stuff um, and like how how does that work? What 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 is that? What is that? kind of thing look like i don't know i don't have a great answer for it but um i think it's really interesting when it comes to like destiny in that way because it kind of sounds like the way that people criticize retail world of warcraft versus like classic people talk about like the need for community in classic uh destiny has even less of that right yeah i was gonna say like it's, it's a step for the because like it's, it's like there's no even like it need like the, the most i pay attention to other characters like what they're doing cosmetically is in the kind of pre-match setup before Gambit where you're kind of like locked in a box and you have to like look at your teammates or like the other team and you can like emote and that's basically it. 
Um, otherwise, I don't really like, you know, sometimes in the tower if I'm bored, but most of the time, no, just like, just nothing else. So, uh, and also like, how is there, is there a good sort of like way for you to like, like if you wanted to go do the raid, right? Could you, could you do like a pug group of the raid? Like, so for instance, with World of Warcraft, I could log into WoW right now. Go into the pre-made looking for group thing, search through groups, apply for membership, maybe talk with the raid leader a little bit. You know what I mean? And then like and random into a group with a whole bunch of people. Could you do something similar like that in Destiny? There's there are external tools that are widely known for that. Um okay. and like it's not as good, but it, it like works well enough if you really want to do it. But uh Um But yeah, yeah, like you, you could do that. Um yeah, no, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to say that it's not there. It is, um, and maybe some of this is just kind of on me because I don't want to do any of that. I don't want to go like figure out how to use like a an external tool. But, uh, uh, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I guess that's. I guess. Yeah, that's, I guess that's uh, it. I feel much better to be honest with you. I mean, in the, in the wake of all this Blizzard stuff and like you know classic or whatever, I feel like retail has like gotten shit on right um retail world of warcraft and i'm having a blast with retail world of warcraft and i really enjoy it obviously but um like the <laughs> there there's a certain like perception almost of it being a bad game that like brings me down a little bit and so sitting here and talking about it in in very concrete details uh, is 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 a nice way of kind of being like, oh, that's you know, hey, like it's got some shit going for it, I guess. Yeah, no, no, and like you know, this, this isn't to say that like I'm not enjoying Destiny, right? Like it's just that like I know that I'm at the point where it's like, oh, maybe I'll go check out something else, which is good for that reason, right? Like I've been trying to play, get myself to play Bloodstained since it came out in April, and I haven't. So like, um, this is a good play. Like I, I played a bunch of MTGA today, which I was having a ton of fun with, right? And so like. It's good in that I don't feel obligated to play Destiny every day um, anymore. Um, but it's bad in that, like, how how hard I fall off that cliff is, is kind of variable, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, speaking of Magic the Gathering Arena, I feel like the biggest news in terms of gaming stuff uh, <laughs> over the past couple of days uh, is the Riot Games 10th Anniversary stream wherein they announced just like an absolute fuck ton of stuff uh they <coughs> much like um blizzard will have team one team two team three team four team five uh apparently riot has project a project b project c um and they announced a ton of things there is a uh, a tactical shooter called project a with like abilities and stuff like that people have compared it to overwatch but apparently it's not like overwatch uh, they like they took to Twitter to say like mm, it's really not like Overwatch, and then they also released seismically uh, their own sort of Hearthstone digital card game. Though Hearthstone is actually probably the bad comparison. The better comparison would be something like uh, Magic: The Gathering. Um, what are your do you, do how how deep are you in the uh, in in the Legends of Ruterra understanding? Uh, very, very shallow. Like, I saw, like, the preview for the card game, and I heard that they actually announced the fighting game. Um, but that's basically about it. I haven't gotten, I haven't gotten super deep. Why don't you tell me all about it? 
Uh, okay, that's interesting. The f so the reason that I know all about it is because the night of, uh, apparently a bunch of Hearthstone streamers, and I follow a lot of Hearthstone streamers because I follow a lot of Hearthstone news, uh, a bunch of Hearthstone streamers were playing it because they had gotten, like, early yeah. access invites, you know. Obviously it, it's also not out yet, right? It's just kind yeah, of so like... it's, it's not in, like... out yet. They have what's called a preview patch, which is ending, I think it's ending in two hours, um, where uh, they are... Uh, they gave out they gave out access and then it's going to come back in a real open beta a couple of months from now a couple of weeks from now I don't know when um, so uh, but so the the interesting thing about Legends of Runeterra that I have gleaned uh, from watching videos I did end up getting a drop uh, like a like a, an access key but I ended up not using it um, is it is more like Magic than like Hearthstone. Um, and it's a little bit more like commander in a way. Um, so here's how it works. There are six factions, right? Like the Freljord, Ionia, Demacia, Noxus. The different factions are kind of like different colors or different classes in Hearthstone, right? With like their own different identities and stuff like that. You can make a mono faction deck or a double faction deck. So you can have like Ionia, Noxus, for instance. And your deck is defined by a champion. When you choose a faction, you have to choose one champion for that faction so for instance i would pick ionia and i would pick yasuo right and you can pick two champions per deck so you could also go okay i'm playing yasuo but i also want to be a little bit defensive until my yasuo gets going so i'm also going to pick freljord and pick brahm right um and the uh and then the big similarities to magic are that you declare attackers and the defending player gets to choose how combat resolves. Um, this is apparently in in the world of collectible card games called uh, Defender's Advantage, whereas Hearthstone has Attacker's Advantage. In Hearthstone, I attack and I direct my attacks in, where, in however I want them to be, right? Uh, the other thing is that there is a... Uh, not quite a stack, but there is opponent interaction on your turn. Um, the turns are called rounds, and I don't quite know why that is the case. But essentially, each turn alternates between one side being attacking and the other side being defending. Um, and that means that like you can play, essentially, if you want to think of the turn where I attack as my turn, you would be able to play creatures on my turn. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, it's essentially that at the at the beginning of every round, there's a full untap, but only one person attacks each round, and it alternates. Um, is, is is there like a stack? Is it like is it is it? Yeah, so there is a way? stack. Uh, they also have an, a, a unique thing, which I think is very cool. Which is like there's a stack when you use an ability, it'll like pop up a little coin, and then like additional coins will also hit the like hit the board. Um, and you can hit, there's a little eye icon. You can hit the eye icon and it will fast forward and show you the resolution of the current uh. stack, right? So, like, you know, it'll show you what gets countered where, you know, and all that other kind of stuff. But yeah, so there is instant speed interaction, which is not a thing that, it, that exists in Hearthstone. Um, I am interested, though not quite, uh, I, I'm having a good time with Hearthstone, so I'm not really, like, looking to sort of, like, branch out but i'll probably end up trying this out a bit um so uh yeah so that is that is legends of runeterra does that sound does that sound appealing to you it sounds interesting i feel i find that probably the, the biggest barrier is going to be like 
because these games are so collection focused, right? Like I already have my magic collection pretty built up. Yeah, that's exactly why, how I, feel. Why, I already have my like Hearthstone collection, like why, why would I start a second one, right? Like yeah, yeah. Um like honestly the thing that made me jump onto magic is that I was off Hearthstone and like I already knew that I liked magic, right? Like that I mm-hmm. that I already had this affinity for it. So like I don't know like I'll probably give it a shot, but like I can't imagine myself like being super deep into it. Uh uh who knows though, right? Like yeah, yeah. So the other cool thing is that the way is the way these these champions work. Um, every champion could level up, which is every champion has like attacks, like a, a attack defense sort of thing, um, and like abilities. So like, so for instance, there's a specific ability called challenge, which allows you to target a blocker um, for your attacking guy. Um, so for instance, Fiora can challenge guys and has a very high, uh, base attack. So if you have somebody that you're trying to keep safe on your bench sort of thing, Fiora can say, haha, no, you come block me and die. Right, right, right. Right. Um, but like when you fulfill a certain condition, your champion will level up and become more powerful. Um, so for instance, Brahm's condition, uh, so Brahm is a zero five, right? He does no damage. Um, but he has high health. And at the end of... Oh, and so the other thing is that health levels persist. So if I deal four damage to you at the end of the turn, that four damage uh, like stays on you, essentially. Brahm is unique in that he heals at the end of every round. Um, so something that Brahm can do is tank low... You know, like, he can take four damage and not die. Um, and Brahm levels up when he tanks ten total damage. And then uh, when he levels up, his stats get a little bit better. I think he becomes a zero seven. Um, and then he also has a thing that says whenever he takes damage, he summons a three three poro or something, right? So he starts summoning guys for you um, to to like help fill out your board and like block and stuff like that. And every champion has like this effect. Like there is as long when this guy does something, he can level up and become more powerful. Um, and, and, uh, decks are built around, uh, you know, creating that power essentially, um, by playing your champions and leveling up and protecting them. And which is kind of why, how, why I say it acts a little bit like commander. The other interesting thing is that, um, your, when you draw a champion and you have a champion in play, the champion card that you draw becomes a spell that is like related to the champion, though I don't really know the the specific details of that. It's just like it's sort of like the legend rule. You know, you can't have more than one Brom on the on the board. Instead of having more than one Brom on the board, it replaces the Brom in your hand with a powerful spell or whatever. Um, and the other thing is that, and then playing that spell shuffles a Brom back into your deck, so you can still like once the Brom on the field dies, you can play another one, sort of thing. <sighs> So, so yeah, that's Legends of Runeterra. Uh, very interesting. I am, I wouldn't say excited, uh, but very interested. I am yeah, very, yeah. very interested to see where that comes down. Honestly, it sounds like it's almost halfway between Hearthstone and Magic, right? Like, some of, like, kind of the online advantages, some of that kind of, like, class identity rather than color identity yeah, stuff. Yeah, little, like, with yeah there's, also, the there's also just, like, small, uh, like, it, it has a lot of the quality of life stuff, I would say, right? Like, yeah. Um, there is, there's no 
land, obviously. Uh, this is something that I've that I have talked about. Like the fundamental, you draw every turn in Hearthstone. You draw value. You can never draw something that is like completely worthless, like drawing a land in Magic: The Gathering. Um, I mean, like drawing a land isn't it, worthless sorry, in Magic: The Gathering. Worthless. I just mean like in a top decking scenario, you are always drawing something that like puts value onto the like onto the board whereas in magic you you essentially like kind of shuffle your deck with some low value enabler stuff right so a hearthstone deck is 100 value a magic deck is like 67 percent value in a way um uh so it has that uh and then it also has uh, a couple of um uh, like the health persisting stuff, right? So it has some of that kind of interaction, but the instant interactions and um, the uh, the defensive blocking, I think, are 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 the big like magic pieces yeah. that come from you know Do, come from there. I don't think Hearthstone does, but does does this Legend of Runeterra whatever have any sort of like activated ability kind of equivalents? Because that's kind of like the big counter, right? Like, is that like. Yeah, yeah. You, you, your activated abilities on your creatures kind of theoretically make that land more value rather than less, right? Because there's things you could do with it. Yeah, uh, there's definitely there's stuff that is triggered, um, uh, right? L- like battle cries, death rattles, uh, or just like flat triggered ability. Whenever you draw a card, this card gets right. a plus one, plus one, or something like that. But there's nothing that is like truly like I make the decision to boom activate this card while it's sitting on the field. Um, in like the activated ability sense, so that's absolutely uh, a thing. I don't know if that is a thing when it comes to Legends of Runeterra. Okay, well, it'll be interesting. To see I only that's... watched like two hours of of the Legend of Runeterra stream, um, so. <laughs> uh, yeah well uh huh well so, have you played anything besides world of warcraft uh what else have i played this week i see i've jumped a little bit back into destiny i i want to do this thing i want to get to max level i like the idea of yeah. like raiding with you guys i did have a modicum of fun raiding uh when destiny 2 first came out the only reason i couldn't do more of it was because i was on a, a shitty schedule at the time and it was really tough for me to um, get to uh, uh, just like get in a group with you guys, uh, but I do have to say that like I kind of just uh, I just don't like playing that game in a way. I don't know. I I I I will boot it up and maybe play for like half an hour. Uh, like do a couple of like the public events or you know do a strike or something like that. But I just like. It, it sounds like you don't you, to me. You, you don't like the the core mechanic, right? Like shooting feels really good in that game, but if you don't like shooting, then it doesn't matter how good it feels, See, right? The thing like, is, I do like the shooting. See, I, I do like the shooting. There's a couple of things I don't like. Like, so for instance, um, I worry about my health a lot when it comes to uh, maybe I'm just like low level or something like that. But like, I don't feel like I can just sort of shoot sort of like non-stop in a way because I'm constantly having to like watch my shield and duck behind cover and like it's it's the, and this is a problem of like regenerating health shooters that has been a problem for you know the longest amount of time right like when you get hit by stuff you need to solve that problem by sitting still and not doing anything but that just like I kind of hate that in a way um whereas in uh you know uh 
in something like wow you have like a healer who keeps you up right like i am tanking and it is my job to like keep all of the guys focused on me or whatever and i it is also part of my responsibility to keep myself you know it's it's also part of an, an ability to keep myself alive right like i need to mitigate incoming damage or sort of what else right but like it is somebody else's responsibility to kind of keep me alive and uh I'm trying not to like interrupt my play pattern in that in the, the same kind of way. I don't know. It's just like, yeah. So that's that's a that's the thing. Yeah, I, I think part of that might like, like I get what you're saying, but I think part of it might be that like your one like dying is not as big a consequence generally in in Destiny as it doesn't say like wow right like um, especially when you're doing like public things right you spawn in five seconds you just kind of like jump up and go around again and two like. Because it's regenerating health, there's also kind of this balance of, like, yeah, you sometimes you have to go hide, but you could also, like, try and dodge around and finish the encounter out before you die, right? Or, like, be dynamic in the encounter, um, and that's also a way to deal with it. So um, I think maybe, like, you need, like, uh, a, be a little bit better about, like, learning how to, how to deal with that, which is, like, a very FPS-type thing, right? Like, it's, like, like, eat, like... Destiny is not really a cover shooter in the same way that, like, a lot of cover shooters are kind of very much that stop-and-go play. Like, Destiny is very much like a, a higher-octane type shooter. It's not like, you know, like, Unreal or anything, but, like, the decision to go hide, I think, is a much rarer one than it's making it sound. And then you're you're making it sound like you, you Yeah, do, see, which... I feel like it might just be because of, like, low item level. Like, it just feels like I take a couple of in- incoming shots and I have to, like, duck behind a thing or whatever. Um... And there's and and this is a, a problem that I also expressed in Destiny. Like so, for instance, uh, in uh, Payday, something that I liked was there was a lot of fire coming in, and it was very like high density, um, but like low damage in a way. So you're kind of like constantly getting like plink 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 plink, which kind of gives you this feeling of like my health bar drops in small increments, so I can. I can do a lot of stuff when I have a high health bar and it will slowly deplete over time and that's when I go hide and regenerate in a way, right? Whereas in Destiny, I feel like I just take like two or three stray shots and I'm already at like half HP and I need to sort of like worry. So like my ability to kind of like be active and actively soak damage um, is sort of like tougher to navigate in a way. Um, the other thing is that like they're in, in Payday stuff it, it's, it's a lot about crowd control, right? Like, stuff is spawning from very predictable angles, and you're trying to find choke points, you know what I mean? Where you can just kind of, like, kill, like kill a bunch of guys really, like, quickly, right? Um, and you're, like, moving around in order to sort of, like, manage the... Um, in order to sort of, like, manage the flow of incoming guys, right? Like, there's a couple of different access points, and you need to, like, keep those sort of managed... Um, and, uh, and that's not something I have a great feeling of doing in Destiny in the strikes or, um, uh, open world stuff that I've done. Uh, that might be more true of the, like, so for instance, in the one raid that we did, there was the capture the flag thing that was a great example of this, right? Like all of the mobs were coming from a very predictable angle and it was about these orbs that we had to kind of get. It wasn't even a boss fight, right? But like, you know, like that is the kind of, that is the kind of sort of like objective based shootery stuff that I've always been looking for in, uh, okay. in PVE FPS content. You, I was going to say like, you, you might like Gambit 
little yeah, bit yeah. More. We've talked about the gambits. I think yeah. the gambits sound right up my alley, actually. Um, uh, well, we'll have to try that at some point then. Um, well, I th- I, can't, I thought I couldn't do gambits until I'm higher lev- level. Can uh, level? I'm at like uh, 765 or something. I'm yeah. not super familiar with the new light experience. I think it's I'm not like my impression of the new light experience. I haven't done it because I haven't, you know, I, I don't need to, right? Like I'm I'm like I was playing been playing for so long, but I for, so far I do not have a positive impression of the new light experience, um, especially for like. What I'm going to say is like medium players, like you like players that like need to do new light because of like they're like haven't been in it for a while, but like generally know what they're doing and like kind of want to get into it. Like if you were a fresh noob, I guess the new light experience would be valuable for kind of like easing you in. But like like the fact that you just like, you know, I don't see any reason why you can't just jump in and play some gambit with us um, from like a design perspective. I think you just kind of get caught on like the wrong side of this, you know, are you new or are you not wall? Um which is not yeah, great, yeah. but what are you going to do about it? Um, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, have you been have you been doing anything else? Uh, sides, magic hashtag invested in Hasbro um, and uh, and Destiny. Um, okay, I, so there's another thing that I've been doing that I can talk about a little bit, which is uh, okay. Are you ready for this? Sure. Watching Sex in the City. Oh God! All right. Just because. So the other day, I was just like looking for something to watch while I was like, you know, dicking around in Hearthstone or something like that, and um, and I was on my HBO Go account and I was just like scrolling through the list of their series and I saw it. I saw Sex in the City and I was like, huh, I should, uh, I should give this a shot. So I am four seasons deep into a show that is like so acutely like not for me. Uh, it's funny because, like, I mean, it's basically 20 years old at this point. Uh, Sex and the City premiered in 1998, um, and I'm in, like, the 2002 season or something. First of all, it's insane, by the way, that they never once comment on 9-11, which I thought was a baffling decision. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but it also has this, like, very weird view of sort of, like, 30s... like urban professionals life um and i you know and i just feel i feel like i'm like an archaeologist do you know what i mean like discovering like ancient truths of like the distant path like there's all of this stuff in that show about negotiating like phone call etiquette that is completely alien to the modern day and age because like people don't have fucking like landlines and answering machines you know what i mean it's like so weird there's actually in the first season they constantly talk about beepers and it's so jarring because you're just like oh my god beepers what world do, do we live in now by this point there you know cell phones are kind of like more uh uh i don't know more ubiquitous uh at, at that kind of like position there's also a lot of stuff that i found to be funny because it's like hashtag problematic like they have a whole episode about one of the characters dealing with uh a bunch of like trans uh prostitutes i guess they were prostitutes they were being like loud and obnoxious or whatever and one of the characters gets like really mad and they kept calling them half men which is like 
not something anybody in 2019 would do. And it's like, and it's, but it's like, but it's also a very like liberal show. It's like written by a gay guy, right? You know, it's just like, oh my god, what the fuck? So that's the journey that I'm on. I've been watching Sex in the City. It's very strange and very weird. It's actually maybe more accurately that like I'm in a zoo watching like an animal that I just like have never heard of ever before. It's also just like. <laughs> There's a bunch of stuff that happens in the show when it comes down to, like, relationships with the main characters and the guys. And the POV characters are the four women, right? Carrie, Samantha, Charlotte, and Miranda. Um, And so all of the men are kind of accessories to their sort of sitcom whatevers. Um, And I find the men to be making very reasonable like making very reasonable asks and doing very reasonable things. And then the show will be like, can you believe that he asked me to do this or whatever? Not even like a sexual way, but just in like a, you know, in like a, like a relationship kind of way. Uh, yeah. So. I mean, are you sure? Like, are you, is, is that maybe supposed to be part of it? Cause like, you know, it's, it's one of the famous kind of four humor shows, right? Like along with like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Seinfeld, um, um, and Seinfeld was kind of like, that was the joke, right? That like, like that all the characters were kind of ass, not only kind of assholes, but like mm-hmm. also like weird about things, especially like George, who was a stand in for, uh, for Larry David and like, uh, and like Kramer, who's kind of like off the wall, but like, you know, like, uh, you know, like, you know, uh, just kind of like navigating the, these kinds of things and like. Portray, like portraying a lot of the outside people as being relatively reasonable compared to like whatever neuroticism is inside the kind of main characters has like it's 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 interesting i i i would i wonder about it definitely doesn't seem that way okay um can, can you give me an example I'm, I'm curious okay what's what's a good example of this okay so carrie and aiden have just gotten engaged, right? Which which, one, which one's Carrie? Is, is Carrie, Carrie me... is the is the main one? Sarah Jessica Parker. Aiden is. Oh, her... is, is that Leonardo? Give me the Ninja Turtle. I need the Ninja Turtle. Uh, uh, I don't Kofi. know what Ninja Turtle he would be. What what are the four humors? Uh, it's like black bile, yellow bile, blood. I, and... I, I, I don't. I don't. Carrie would be like maybe Seinfeld, I guess, in the sense that like she's the okay, she's that's the Leonardo. central character that like shows. That the show sort of like revolves around. She's generally pretty reasonable and isn't too like quirky. Yeah, or the, the the leader the leader is Leonardo. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, that's what she is. Um, and uh, and she okay, so she's been dating this guy, Aiden. Now, this is something that happened in the previous season. So or, okay, so first she gets into a serious relationship with this guy named Big, who doesn't who has commitment issues and can't commit to her. So they break it off. Right. Then she starts dating Aiden, who is a furniture designer guy, very salt of the earth. He has a cabin up in upstate New York that he goes to and he like works on in a handyman sort of way. He has a dog named Pete um, and stuff. And this show is like relentlessly mean to that dog, by the way, that dog is fucking adorable. And the show hates this dog. Um, And, uh, and Carrie cheats on Aiden with big, Right. Which causes them to break up. And then, like, the next season, they get back together and get engaged. Which is also just a little bit of, like, Aiden, my dude. You could do better. But also, anyway. um, So, Carrie's apartment is going co-op. 
uh, and she needs to either buy her place or move out. She doesn't have the money, but Aiden does. In fact, Aiden has quite a lot of money. Um, so he says, well, I'll buy this apartment and the, the apartment next to it, and we'll knock down the wall and we'll get all this space. And she says, okay, cool. So he sells his apartment, uses that money to buy you know, her place in the co-op, essentially. Um, and, uh, and so they're living, they're like living together, and he is temporarily storing his shit in her apartment while they wait for the old lady in the apartment they just bought next door to move out, right? So this that's this is the premise. Aiden is moving stuff around um, in order to get his in order to like make the apartment walkable with Carrie's approval, right? So he goes into her closet and he starts pulling out her shoes and she's there like careful, careful, you know, like don't, you know, like make the don't like drop my shoes or anything like that. Aiden puts the shoes down. And then sometime later, Aiden's dog eats one of Carrie's $300 pairs of shoes. And she is livid with him about this, right? But it's also like, it's a dog and you're in this apartment and there needs to be space. And you've been bitching about, you bitched at him that he moved his his stuff into this apartment in order to make the space right and then he made the space by moving your shoes and then the his dog ate your shoes it's not like he ate your shoes it's not like he did anything wrong with the shoes it's not like he placed the shoes on the ground when she told him not to he placed the shoes where she told him to place the shoes but the dog got the shoe and ate it and she was really mad i was like this is absolutely not his fault right the whole this is him trying to placate her over and over and over again, and she just keeps getting angry at him about it. But the show has no re- like realization that this is the case. The show is playing this off of as like, oh, they have a fight, but we're both kind of wrong. And I'm like, no, Aiden was very reasonably saying, this is not my fault. Why are you yelling at me? Or whatever. And so that, that was like, that was probably the corest example of just like, what the fuck that's going on? And wasn't it his, his dog? That, that ate the shoe? Is yeah. he not like... Yeah, her, his dog, by the way, that Carrie lost. In another episode, uh, Carrie has promised Aiden that she's not going to see Big, but Big is going through a divorce or whatever, and he's having a tough time. So she says she's going to take the dog for a walk as a pretense to go hang out with Big while he is depressed, right? And in the middle of them hanging out, Carrie drops the leash and the dog runs away. And she spends the rest of the episode trying to find it and then gives up, goes back to the apartment where the dog has been the whole time because the dog just ran back to the to the apartment. And the whole thing was framed as like, oh, it all works out in the end. But I'm like, no, you still lied to your partner who you're about to get engaged to in the next episode about talking with a guy that he knows that he justifiably fucking hates this guy right because he is the guy that you broke his heart with in the last season it's just like it's mind-boggling to me uh it, it makes me feel a little bit do you remember when i was watching uh, transparent and i was talking yeah, yeah, about yeah. it as a show that like didn't realize that it was a show like it's always sunny but it was incredibly captivating because all of these people were just like so terrible such bad people it's a little bit like that though not quite as the, like, not quite as bad. Like, Carrie makes some, like, poor decisions, uh, but, like, her cheating is, like, framed pretty ruthlessly, and she suffers for it, like, pretty heavily. Um, so it's like, 
it 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 definitely does know when its main characters are like being asshats, but then it also doesn't know sometimes and i'm just like what the fuck is going on anyway this is my dive this is my you know very male <laughs> perspective on a very female show uh but i'll let you know how it goes i'm very excited to get to the movies uh which is which is the i guess the the ultimate you know like the ultimate end game is is we get to sex in the city and sex in the city too <laughs> All right then, yeah. I uh, speaking of movies, I saw uh, Ad Astra and Zombieland. Um, we might talk about Zombieland on the cast. Um, I would rather talk about Ad Astra, but I don't know uh, if it's doable. But um, just kind of since we're running low on time, in, in a couple of words, Zombieland is stupid but fun. Um, kind of in like almost like a Transformers way, right? Like mm-hmm. it was fun to go see. Like, we, we were thinking about doing an episode on it. I don't know if we could fill an episode on it because it's just kind of like the plot is very bare bones. It's kind of bad, actually. Um, it just, but, like, you know, it's basically justification to string together, like, Woody Harrelson and and uh, Jesse Eisenberg and Emma Stone antics um, and some, some, some cool zombie kills, and that's basically it. Um, but so it's, it's, it's not bad. It's just kind of like whatever. Um, Ad Astra is a beautiful fucking movie. Um, it's maybe like the plot is kind of, I don't want to call it dumb, but like maybe half baked is the right way to put it. Um, it feels very epic. And like I said, the cinematography is phenomenal. So I can recommend it on that level. Um, in terms of like what actually happens in the movie, it's neat, but I don't know if I like it, it should win any awards for like storytelling. Mm. Um, uh, but uh, I definitely think it's worth a watch just for kind of like the spectacle of it. Um, uh, some beautiful fucking space shots, like, 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 kind of like level of like questioning what I'm doing with my life sitting in the theaters, like. The stars are so beautiful, right? Like, let's explore them type of deal. Yeah, I have, so, I, I, have seen, I have heard both very good things and very bad things about uh, uh, about Ad Astra. Somebody actually – two people compared it to Interstellar but in, like, opposite ways. Like, somebody said – somebody basically said, like, this is the movie that, like, Interstellar, like, wanted to be, right? And I was like, oh, like, that kind of makes sense. And somebody else was like – it, this is just like another fucking like Interstellar. That's like two up its own ass or whatever. It's um, it's the same cinematographer as Interstellar, I believe. It's like oh, okay. yeah, like Van yeah, yeah, or something like sense. that. Um, uh, the, yeah. the, by, the the funny thing about that actually is that um, it makes uh, <laughs> it it presupposes that Interstellar is bad in both instances, which I find I guess like maybe the popular consciousness. I remember Interstellar being very mixed. I didn't really care for it, but, like, I knew people who really, like, got into it. Um, I haven't watched it, but I want to just because, like, that song is so good. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah the, the Hans Zimmer score. Yeah, I mean, that yeah, stuff yeah. is absolutely great. I guess you sort of feel like Interstellar sort of, like, loses it when it goes to space. I'm also a big apologist for certain other space movies, and so it's weird that I didn't really connect with Interstellar. But, like, for, like have you ever seen Sunshine? I have not. 
people really don't like Sunshine, but I love Sunshine. I think it's I think it is tremendous and uh, one of the best of these like space movies that's come out in the past. You know, however many years that we keep getting these kind of just like space is a thing. You guys, movies like Gravity or whatever. It's probably so, my so, favorite so, of them. So, so let's intersect some some podcast topics. Have, have you seen uh, the Cloud Atlas? Uh, yes, yeah, so I have seen Cloud Atlas. I haven't seen it in a long time. Uh, but neither I also neither have like I. Cloud Atlas. Okay, I thought it was. I thought it it was all right, but had some flaws. But that was like when it came out when we were in college, like six or seven years ago. At this point, yeah, I, guess. I actually bet I would. You know, like thinking about, I think I would probably have more flaws with it now. I remember. I think I probably liked it because it came out in college, and it was one of like the first sort of like. <laughs> Not first, but like one of the one of the first like grown up movies that came out as while you were the, grown up, yeah, like as well as I was becoming better, like more literate in film, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's kind of like how Mass Effect Two hit me right in that same sort of like, yeah, yeah. like frame. I was just thinking about all of this stuff more deeply, and then boom, I played Mass Effect Two, and it's like, oh, it's all there, you know. I see it sort of thing. So I feel like I would probably feel worse about it just because it doesn't have the same kind of like honeymoon period benefit see i'm interested because like this is definitely like it's definitely a movie that like i i i didn't see with kind of like the the eyes of like i can look past kind of like the the kind of surface flaws to see kind of like the 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 quote-unquote masterpiece aspects that i've i've definitely found that i that i got like like the second matrix movie is definitely a thing that like i appreciate more for kind of like it's like deeper concepts rather even though it's like on a surface got some some kind of deep there were some 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 critical flaws maybe is the right way to put it but like um i definitely want to go back and watch it x x uh, friends of the cast Xiang and monik are the biggest cloud atlas cheerleaders um although i am questionable because x insists that jupiter ascending was fine and no it's not jupiter ascending is is kind of a train wreck um yeah i've i well you know like i've i've heard people give it the like it's trash but it's my trash defense which is the, like that's my like that's my defense of like the hobbit movies right like the hobbit movies are trash but like they just hit me in the right in the right way and i've heard people have that take for cloud atlas i've never heard a take that's like cloud atlas is good actually or, I'm sorry, not Cloud Atlas. Jupiter, Jupiter Ascending is good, ascending. good actually. Yeah, no, that's that's the, I mean X that that's 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 Siang's take. There, there was another movie he was like that about that I was like, no, you're off your fucking rocker. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, if it, X... I, like maybe I could get behind a like um, uh, sort of like a Batman versus Superman like it's that, that's, bad, that, but it's not as bad as people say sort of thing. That, that that that's my take on Batman versus Superman. I remember walking into BVS. And like right, it was, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. the movie that makes me hate superhero movies. Fifteen percent. I'm like, this is not great, but it's fine. Right? Yeah. So like, like maybe maybe if that's the. I mean, I don't know, man. Ugh, Jupiter sending doesn't seem fine. We, we, <laughs> we, we, we definitely need to do a Wachowski canon cast at some point. I think we need to dedicate something to the Matrix movies in particular, just because like. <laughs> Yeah, we have talked uh, about doing the Matrix movies a bunch. We really yeah, we, we got to get Jimmy on, on for that. We we should we should do like a Wachowski like month and like bring in like Jimmy and yeah. X and Monik. Um, go watch fucking Speed Racer again. Jesus Christ, that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's for the new year because we you know what, what have we 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 still haven't done Young Justice. We still haven't done Evangelion. We still haven't done our summary of uh the marvel movies which we promised we'd do by the yeah, end we of promised, the year yeah we would do those yeah uh so uh you know and it's mid-october so you know 
It's some okay, of these things we'll get done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, the, we'll, the new, we'll get there for sure. The new season of My Hero Academia is currently running. Uh, um, I'm so just for people at home, if you're interested in um, our takes on that, I don't know if you're watching it at all, buddy. But for me, I am going to wait till the, the season ends to to watch it all. I might actually do a catch up on it. Like, I wasn't actually season. thinking about it in any specific uh, way at all, but I'll probably do the same thing just to keep things consistent. Yeah, and that's like they're like twenty episode seasons, so that's gonna be like like six months. So we've mm-hmm. got to, we at least have time on that one. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, we're way over time at this point. Um, so uh, uh, unless you have anything else pressing to talk about, I'm gonna wrap it up. Okay. All right. Uh, if you'd like to email us, tell us what you think about MMO longevity um, or Hearthstone or any of the other things we talked about on this podcast, you can email us at spiritsplaygames.gmail.com or podcast at spiritsplaygames.com. You can uh, follow us on twitch.tv slash spiritsplaygames. Um, rate and review us on iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you want to. Um, and uh, if, you, if you're if you feeling particularly generous, you can donate to us at patreon.com slash spiritsplaygames. Um, that's everything I had. Buddy, do you have anything else you want to promote before we get out of here? Uh, the, I have recorded... Uh, the podcast with the community cast. Uh, we're going to be featuring them on our cast pretty soon. We're going to be featured on their cast pretty soon. Uh, so look over for some or look forward to some sort of crossover content um, coming both ways. Also, uh, the I'll be going to BlizzCon uh, in two weeks. So if anybody is going to be at BlizzCon, shot in the dark. Uh, let me know and we'll and we'll hang out. <laughs> we can get some reports live from the floor. Uh, yeah, and at that same time, I will be in New York City. So if any of you are going to be in New York City, hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> much, much, uh, much broader area, I think, than uh, than BlizzCon. But you know, uh, yeah. Um, all right. Well, in that case, until next time, dear listeners. Until next time, loyal listeners.